0: As far as I'm concerned, they are absolutely the best lead generation firm in the business for economic developers. Call them at 514 488 3168 and see how Research FDI can help you create real prospects. Hello, this is Chad Chancellor with Next Move Group. Before we begin today's podcast, if you've been enjoying our podcast series, please go over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. That'll sure help us out. We'd appreciate it a whole lot. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Next Move Group, We Are Jobs Podcast. This is Chad Chancellor, co-founder of Next Move Group, and today we've got Shane Hooper with us. He's the president and CEO of the Shelbyville-Bedford Partnership up in the Shelbyville, Tennessee area. Shane, welcome to our show.
1: Thank you for having me this morning, and I appreciate the opportunity to be on the show, Chad.
0: Yeah, so I used to live somewhat close to Shelby. I used to live in Lawrenceburg, Tennessee 10 years ago. Well, 11 years ago now, which wasn't far from Shelbyville. And we would come over to your horse festival, I'm sure you'll get into But why don't you tell these folks where Shelbyville is and some of the things y'all are working on?
1: Well, Shelbyville is about a 40, 45 minute drive from Nashville, Tennessee to the southeast and about 17 miles due south on uh, Highway 231 of Murfreesboro. So, from a growth standpoint, it is poised for growth. It's in a great location has a rural backdrop right now, which is changing a little bit, but there's a lot of things going on in southern middle Tennessee that's kind of changing the way things are here, but everything is moving in the right direction. Just to give you an idea about the amount of growth going on in this area, we're located in one of the fastest growing regions of the nation, being here in the southeastern part of the country. In 2020, Forbes ranked Tennessee as one of the best states for business CNBC ranked Tennessee in the top five for best economies in the country. And according to the US Census, Bedford County host to Shelbyville grew at about 1.1%, Chad, which is faster than the state and the nation. Shelbyville's regional 45 minute drive time by county grew at a staggering 2%. And you gotta remember all those numbers in context are growing faster than the state of Tennessee itself, which is in the fastest growing part of the nation. Obviously, one of the things that really helps here in Tennessee that creates a great economic environment is the lack of a personal income tax. So we've got a lot of things going for us and moving in the right direction when it comes to the state of Tennessee.
0: Well, and I tell you, Shelbyville is a great location. It's close enough to Nashville that you get any big city amenity. And I'm sure nearly all our listeners have been to Nashville lately, but it's far enough away that you can't have the rural if that's what you want. I mean, it really is right on that line where you still feel like you're in Nashville But if you want to be rural, you can be it. And I have found those are some of the best communities to do economic development in. Because you really can go after almost any project. You don't have a whole lot of limitations. Talk about the horse festival there. We got some horse fans. It's a little different than the Kentucky horses, (laughs) but it's just as big of a deal to the people that like it. So talk about
1: that. Oh, absolutely. Celebration, which is the Tennessee Walking Horse Association's annual event for the Tennessee Walking Horse It brings about 110,000 people to Shelbyville and Bedford. And the great news is this year we had about an 8% increase in attendance. It is absolutely one of the great events for this area. And if you ever get the chance to attend that, I highly recommend it. It is almost like sitting at a baseball game with the fun of a football game with the pageantry of the Derby. So it is absolutely a wonderful event. And, Chad, that's one of the things that has been interesting about working here And I guess I should say from the very beginning, one of the things that I really enjoyed about the interview process before coming here was, you know, setting the stage for what the expectations were and what this community really needed. And that's one of the things that I think when a person is looking for a job or looking for their next adventure is you have to make sure that it's a, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to get a job, but they spend very little time thinking about how to keep the job. And then ultimately an exit strategy, if that's going to be an appropriate thing to do. But, you know, from the very beginning, we were able to have a match between what the community needed here and my skill set and what I actually wanted to work on and what I wanted to do. So things like the celebration and making sure that we can capitalize on celebration and Shelbyville being the Tennessee walking horse capital of the world. Those are all things that really intrigued me because it was not just about industrial recruitment. Now that is part of it, but there's a lot of other things that's involved in this job. So yes, the celebration is a huge part of Shelbyville and Bedford.
0: Well, I know our lawyer when I worked in Lawrenceburg, Paul Plants' his name, and I think he still might listen to this show sometime. So, Paul, if you're listening, he doesn't miss that Walking Horse Festival now. He took me over there to it, and I mean, he doesn't miss it. He goes every year, and that's just on his calendar, and you're kind of right. It's a little bit of football mixed with derby mixed with uh, <laughs> pageantry, so you're kind of right about all of that. So. Take us back to how you first stumbled into economic development. You know, you're a little different in that you had a very successful career before. You owned your own business as far as consulting. You own the college board for the state of Mississippi, which we might get into in a minute. That's the most prestigious board in Mississippi. Shane was on the board that chooses the president, CEO, chancellor, whatever they want to call them, for all the universities in Mississippi. So Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Southern Miss. What really made you want to go
1: off and get into this world? actually a very unique story about how all of this happened. I started off, like you said, this being in Southern Middle Tennessee in Shelbyville is not my first time to be in Southern Middle Tennessee. I actually graduated from Lipscomb University in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, served in the United States Marine Corps after that, went back to Mississippi and uh, worked for a little while and eventually ended up owning my own business that does training for the insurance and financial services industry. And Chad, that gave me a lot of flexibility in my schedule owning my own business did and that gave me the opportunity to get involved with the Community Development Foundation in Tupelo Mississippi and I started off as I guess you could call it just a regular board member just showing up to board meetings and kind of got involved and more and more and more involved and eventually got to the point that I was like I really enjoyed this whole economic development thing this is very interesting worked my way all the way up to being chairman of the uh, Community Development Foundation in Tupelo, Mississippi there with David Rumbarger. And from there, got a lot of encouragement from some folks to do different things like go ahead and get a master's degree in economic development. And from there, I got a call one day from the mayor of the city of Tupelo. And he said, well, Shane, will you come and do economic development for the city of Tupelo and also run our development services department? And that gave me a break to kind of get into economic development and do some of the things that I wanted to do. I was always interested in helping a city grow, being part of growth. My wife pointed that out to me one day. She said, you know, the thing that I've learned about you most is that you're the happiest when you're growing something. So economic development and growing something is just a natural fit for me. I enjoy it to the fullest. And from there, from the city of Tupelo is how I got the call to come here to Shelbyville. And it ended up being a great match.
0: And I know you got your master's from Southern Miss. Did they do an online deal or how did that work? How were you able to do that while you did your other job?
1: That was pre-COVID. So there was that master's program down at Southern Miss. They understand that they're going to have students that are going to be what goes into the category of being non-traditional. And I was a non-traditional student and they understood that. And they allowed for a schedule that would let me work during the week and show up to class on the weekends, so I traveled down to Southern Miss from Tupelo down to Hattiesburg on a regular basis during the weekends and got to love Hattiesburg and the whole Southern Miss experience and had a great time down there. Dr. Chad Miller does a wonderful job with that program, and I highly recommend it to anybody that wants to get a career in economic and community development.
0: Well, we won't talk much about your time on the Mississippi, what's it called, Institute of Higher Learning, IHL. (laughs) It's the most prestigious, well. Sometimes it's the most prestigious. Other time, it makes everybody mad. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah I think that y'all
0: got is... the right guy at Mississippi State now. I've been highly oh, you with know what? what? Mark I tell done.
1: people, I tell people all the time that Mark Keenum is absolutely the best thing that ever happened to Mississippi State. I kid with him and tell him I know that the first ever president of Mississippi State. They did a bust of him that's on the campus, but I tell Mark Keenum all the time if there's anybody that deserves a bust of them on the campus, it would be Mark Keenum, because Dr. Keenum has done a phenomenal job down at Mississippi State University. We have been an executive session many times as a board for other universities, and for nine years, we were only an executive session for Mississippi State on two occasions, and neither one of those were what I would categorize as a leadership issue. It was just events that happened on the campus that were, quite frankly, just unfortunate events. But Dr. Keenum does a wonderful job. He's a great leader, and that's one of the things that I take away from my time on that board is that if you exercise great leadership, put great people around you, the sky's the limit, and Mark Keenum has done a phenomenal job there at Mississippi State University.
0: Well, I went up for the game this weekend. I usually go to at least a game a year. I didn't go to any during COVID, but I've been up for baseball, so I mean, I've been to Starkville, but just driving around the campus, they're building a new road that's connecting a bunch of stuff. It doesn't even look like the same place. I graduated in 04, which I know was a long time ago, but really that wasn't that long ago, 17 years ago. And it does not look like the same place. If you dropped me right in the middle of campus, I could probably figure out where I was. But if you took me around to the periphery, it would take me a little while to figure out where I was. I mean, he's just done a tremendous job. But talk about that experience. You've got a very unique experience and one that I think, you know, has a lot of the ingredients to make a really great economic developer. I mean, serving on a board of IHL, Institution of Higher Learning in Mississippi, is as political of a board as it gets. You're dealing with all the universities. So whereas in most states, you know, maybe Alabama chooses their own and Auburn chooses their own. and Mississippi, one board chooses both Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, and all the other universities like Jackson State and so on and so forth. So it's as political a thing as it gets. And then you also own your own business. And, you know, in economic development, you have to marry up the public sector and the private sector. So what of those skills have you learned from both sides that you think kind of connect for you to make you really good at economic development?
1: Well, you know, I think you bring up a great point, Chad, especially about Mississippi State. I remember, I think it was about six years ago when Mark Keenum came to the board and asked for about $35 million to invest in baseball. And at the time, I remember there were some people looking around the room like he wants to do what? And, you know, six years later, the jokes on kind of everybody else that kind of doubted Mark Keenum and his leadership, because it's just like economic development. If you invest and do the right things and set the stage, success will come. You just have to be patient. So Dr. Keenum's vision and foresight to ask for that $35 million to get that stadium going and make the proper investments. That was absolutely the correct thing to do. And you can take that right into economic development. And you can see that when you make the right investments and do the right things, if you have a little patience, the right things will occur. But the other part of it that you mentioned is the political side of the Institutions of Higher Learning Board. Now, the board was created to take politics out of higher education. But the reality is that There's a lot of times that politics really plays into decisions and it's like a lot of other things in life. The right thing you always know, but it's how you implement it through the politics that really comes out on the other side that makes for decisions sometimes that people don't understand. But I had a great mentor in Aubrey Patterson. Mr. Patterson was the CEO for Bancorp South for years, and I learned a lot from him, especially when it comes to board relations, which is important in economic development, making sure that you're looking at the political aspect of it. What is it going to look like? In other words, what are the optics of it? So those are all things that you have to stir in when it comes to economic development. So yes, those prior experiences really play into, you know, how I operate today as an economic developer.
0: We're going to take a quick break for a message for our listeners. Be right back right after this. I want to thank LocationOne.com, some of you know it as Lois, for sponsoring today's podcast. In my opinion, Lois is the best buildings and sites database on the market. One of the reasons I think that is it gives you nationwide exposure. So I used to be the economic developer in Paducah, Kentucky, and I made a terrible mistake. I only put my buildings and sites on the Kentucky Economic Development Buildings and Sites Database. Well. Paducah bordered Illinois and was within 30 or so miles of Missouri, Indiana, and Tennessee. So, what sense did it make for me to not put my bills and sites on a nationwide database? Well, Lois does that for you. Looking back, I should have put my bills and sites on Lois. It's also easy to use for an economic developer. It's just like using Facebook, it walks you through how to insert your pictures and your information and so forth. And the thing I like most. It works well on my iPad. If I'm in an industrial building, I want to be able to look at that thing on my iPad. Lois does that for me. Other buildings and sites databases struggle with that. So if you got 10 or 15 minutes to spare, go over to location1.com, book yourself a demo, and see if this can help your community have more success. All right. Well, I know it can get cold there in Shelbyville in the winter. It's, it's almost October now, so we got another couple months on those cold, cold winter mornings when you got to roll out of bed and go to work. I mean, what gets you up going every morning? What do you really love about what
1: you do? Oh, Chad, let me tell you, you know, there's so much that I love about economic development. First of all, I learned at a very early age that I'm not a person that can do the same thing over and over in the same location every day. I have to have a different environment, a new challenge, something to do different each day. And economic development provides that opportunity. Every day is different who you're working with. A lot of times is different every day, if not every hour but I absolutely love economic development and the opportunities that it gives for you to be able to look back and see the things and see the work, the rewards of your work and see the impact on the community and know that you were part of helping make things better. That's what keeps me going. The other thing that keeps me going is I am a big person to stay focused on the why. You know, a lot of times people, they focus on what is going on instead of Why is it going on? And let me give you an example of that. You might have a friend that may lose a whole lot of weight. Well, the fact that they lost weight is really a what? It's the why that's very important. Were they sick or were they working out and exercising and having a great diet that caused them to lose weight? Was it intentional or was it a consequence of being sick? So that why is very important. And for me, that's one of the things that I do on a regular basis is sit down and review my why. Because there are a lot of things during the day that will sometimes cause you to say, now, what am I doing? But when you go back and you look at your why, it gives you a chance to focus and come back down to earth on why you're doing what you're doing. And for me, my family is a big portion of my why. It drives me. It gets me up each morning when times get a little tough, when things are a little bit hectic. It brings a smile to my face to really go back to my why. And my why is my family and the impact that I can have on communities through the skill set.
0: Boy, I tell you, that is great advice because I'm the same way, but sometimes you get off center because so much stuff's coming at you, so many projects. I find that I'm my best when I'm teaching other people how to do something the way I want them to do it, like my staff. And last week we had gotten a little off track and I showed them a video talking about the why. So I told the staff, you know, here's why we do this and blah, blah, blah. And it kind of recentered me because, well, I had always known that I hadn't verbalized it to them in probably a year. (laughs) And so it's easy. Sometimes you just got to get that why back out and look at it and say, all right, this is why we do this and let that recenter everything. And actually, I think since I have did that, as far as I'm concerned, we've all gotten back on track and that one little thing. And it's my fault because I hadn't verbalized it in a year. This is why we do it. We're not doing it to run all around the country, make as much money as we can. This is why we're doing it. We're doing it to help folks in small to mid-sized communities and small to mid-sized companies survive. That's why we do And once you verbalize that, everybody kind of gets on board with it. So I think that is great advice. Take us back to when you were 10 years old, running around. What'd you want to be when
1: you grew up? Dad, there was no doubt in my mind. I think when I was maybe six years or eight years of age, I decided that I wanted to be an attorney. I wanted to make sure that justice was served all over the world then life happens and you come to understand that you really can't change the world. The only thing that you can change is yourself and the hope that your person will have an impact on the rest of the world around you. So yeah, back at six and eight years of age, I wanted to be an attorney. That's what I wanted to be back then.
0: Man, no wonder you turned out like you did. Most people say, I want to be a football player or this or that. (laughs) You're the first one I've had want to be an attorney at that age. No wonder you turned out like you did. Well, I know you served in the military and thank you for your service. And most military folks end up with some daily habits that really help them be successful. You have any things you do just every day that you think help keep you on track?
1: You know, Chad, I think this is something that is extremely important. And I learned this or it became more apparent to me while serving in the Marine Corps is I can't do for others things that I can't do for myself. You have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself on a daily basis, so then you can reach out and take care of those around you. If you ever notice on the airplane when they talk to you about the air mass dropping down, they always tell you put yours on first so then you can help the person next to you. And that's absolutely how I run my day. I start off at about five am sometimes a little bit earlier, and I do things for me from five to six am from five in the morning till six am in the morning, it's all about me and I may read, I may work out. It's all about doing things that I call self-help. It is about what can I do today to make myself a better person than I was yesterday. And a lot of times that does include working out. Yeah, that's from five to six in the morning. And then from six to seven, I spend some time getting dressed and I'm constantly running through the day thinking about, you know, what needs to happen at each stage during the day so that when you get to that point in the day, it's not a surprise to you. You've kind of thought about how things need to operate and how it needs to go. And it provides clarity in that moment. So like I said, the first thing you have to do is spend some time with yourself and then prepare for the day. Then one of the other things that I think is important is here in this rural environment, just like a lot of others, there's that little group of old men that meet at the coffee shop that will give you a lot of information if you just sit there and listen. So from 7 to about 7.45, I actually go down to the coffee shop. And I get my finger on the pulse of the community and find out what's going on in the community, grab a little bacon and eggs, and just sit there and listen. If you listen, they will tell you a lot about what's going on in the community. You actually get a better feel for what's going on in the community than reading the local paper. So that's how I get my morning started. And then after you know a full day of work, I come home, and one of the first things I do, I enjoy getting back to the house. I enjoy spending time with my wife, Sarah. And I spend time with her as soon as I get home from work because she's part of my why and that way I've taken care of everybody that needs to be taken care of during the day. I've taken care of myself. I've taken care of my work and I've taken care of my family. So at that point you can just spend the rest of your day focusing on family and doing the things that, you know, keeps everybody functioning inside the family like it should.
0: Well, as we start to wind down, what would you say is the best advice you've received in the industry?
1: The focus on that why. The best advice I have ever received is focusing on the why. Why are you doing what you're doing? It's not the what. And people get really wrapped up in the what these days. What happened? What happened is not important. Why it is happening is much more important. One of the things that I wanted to make sure that we covered, Chad, was there are a couple of people that have had a significant impact on my life. And I think it's important to recognize that And the reason I want to do this is because I want people to understand that it's not only about you. It's about the people that you come in contact with that can help mold you and shape you and put you in a position to be successful. For example, there's not a day that goes by that I don't talk to Trey Hairston. I think Trey has been on your show before. I think you may know Trey Hairston. Uh, He works with Butler Snow. I consider Trey to be a friend, but he's also a personal coach for me and a mentor, I can remember the first person I started off with in economic development a long time ago before I really knew what it was. Tim Weston was working at the economic development at the local level in Itawamba County. And I just remember Tim and his focus of being able to bring jobs. And I think we were back in our 20s at that point. And I just remember thinking how cool it was that he could absolutely bring jobs to a community. And one of the other people that had a profound impact on my career is Mike Armour, with ARC. He was the first person that recommended to me that I go to the True South program at Southern Miss. And then also Dr. Glenn Boyce, who is chancellor at Ole Miss, he recommended a master's program to me. And without all of that, you know, I'm probably not here where I am today. And then Dr. Chad Miller at the University of Southern Miss, head of the master's program. He was very instrumental in making sure that when we graduated, that we had a good round understanding of economic development That Southern Miss program just means a lot because it is the nation's oldest economic development master's program in the nation. It is a phenomenal program. And then I already mentioned, like Mr. Aubrey Patterson, CEO of Bancorp South. He was a master at relationship building and a great coalition building, great coalition builder while I was on the IHL board with him for the state of Mississippi. And then also Glenn McCullough, another person I think that you probably know. Glenn has always been there as a person that I could pick up the phone and call. He's always been great with great advice. And then Brenda Latham, with Vision First. Um, Her methodical approach to infrastructure for economic development, her assistance and her thoughts on things have just been instrumental. And then I also want to recognize a guy that you probably know pretty well, and that's Chad Chancellor from the Next Move group, his how-to podcast has been a very good help. And I would highly recommend the small investment and I'll call it a small investment because it is relatively small from the things that you can learn from listening to your how-to podcast. I appreciate what you and your company have done. I told my staff yesterday, we were talking about a problem and we were talking about it. And I said, why am I the only one talking? I'm sure that you guys have a great idea on how we're going to be able to deal with this. And I want to hear your ideas because Chad, it's not just about what you can learn from the next move group. It is about different ways of doing things. Just because you know, you've know you done something one way forever doesn't mean that that's the way that it needs to be done. So I'd like to recognize you and your company for what you provide to economic developers by way of information and the opportunity to understand things from a different perspective sometimes, if not just straight out, this is how it needs to be done. So thank you to you and your company for that. One of the other things I wanted to do too was say thank you to the Community Development Foundation in Tupelo, Mississippi. Because like I said, when I first started out, I was just a board member. By the time that I worked my way all the way up to chairman, you know, I owe a big debt of gratitude to folks like Greg Jacelli and Hunter Acock and Shane Holman and John Milstead, Matt McCarty, Judd Wilson, and David Rumbarger down there. Because serving though, know, I think it was about 10 or 12 years that I served on that board in some various capacity. That gave me an opportunity to really observe the way things are done and really understand back to the why, why they're done certain ways. So it's been a great adventure on how I got where I am today. So I'm really thankful for the opportunity to be involved in economic development.
0: We're going to take a quick break for a message for our listeners. Be right back right after this. In June of 2020, Next Move Group launched a new initiative called The Movement, and we already have more than 100 economic developers as part of our movement. The movement was really built to help improve the quality of lives of economic developers. It helps economic developers land more deals, helps them get along better with their board and elected officials, helps them deal with the media, even helps them learn how to build their resume if they want to look for a new job. So thank you to our first 100 members, and if you want to join the movement, go to thenextmovegroup.com backslash movement to learn more thank you for putting me within that prestigious list and uh, we appreciate it so shane's been one of our movement members and i guess you're one of our success stories because you bought one video and then you liked it so you ended up joining the whole membership we've had a number do that and so we appreciate that testimonial. It's actually on Gabby's list this week of tasks to go out and get some testimonials. So she'll have yours now without asking you. <laughs> without asking you to do it, but I tell you, those have been good for us. It's grown our business tremendously, not just through the revenue from the memberships, but. It's made me better teaching it. I mean, it's like anything else. I never was trained in teaching, but maybe I've got the heart of a teacher or something. When I'm teaching somebody how to do something, it makes me better at what I'm doing my own self because it makes me not cut the corner because I'm trying to teach them how to do it. And I absolutely think putting those shows together every week, we do those every week. And I think putting those together has made me better at what I'm doing. In addition to, you know, the revenue that we've gotten off just the shows themselves. And so that means a whole lot here. And you say that.
1: I think it's very important to give back to the community and give back to your profession. And that's one of the things that is on the list that I want this organization to achieve down the road is I would like to see us have um, set in stone part of the budget. And part of our mission where we provide internships for younger people that want to get involved in economic development, because I think that there needs to be more opportunities, more opportunities, especially for minorities as well, to be involved in economic development. I want to make that a part of our mission here for this organization, to make sure that we give back to the industry and give back to some folks that may not otherwise have a chance to be involved in economic development, because I think it's a wonderful profession.
0: Shane, as we wind down, give these folks your website and where they can learn about Shelbyville. And folks, I'm telling you, you might want to go to that walking horse festival. It is a big deal. Nothing (laughs) else. Go spend some of your money in Shelbyville.
1: All right. Well, speaking of a website, let me kind of give you some information. First of all, you're always welcome to contact me at Shane at Shelbyville-Bedford.com. That's Shane at Shelbyville-Bedford.com. The website will be up soon. Shelbyville-bedford.com is a website will be up soon. We've been working to get our website up and running with Marketing Alliance. That's one of the things that we had to do with this organization, Chad, is we had to start it from the very beginning, which has been a lot of work and a lot of 12-hour days, but I can't think of anything that I'd rather be doing. But we actually started this organization from scratch. We started this from the very beginning. When I got here, we had to start from website to business cards to stationery everything that it takes to have an organization we had to put together so you know we started the shelbyville bedford partnership a 501c6 for economic development operations and we also started a 501c3 the shelbyville bedford community foundation for community enhancement and let that serve as the base for membership community investments providing a platform for tax deductible gifts you know, we've had a lot of firsts since I've been here. It was the first time that the organization had a director of existing business development. That person focuses on workforce development and support of our existing industries. We also had a first in, like I said, working with Mark Williman at Marketing Alliance for the new website, logo, business card, stationery, our social media platform, we also reached out to Grace with Vision First to do some organizational goals and strategies. We had to create a budget here. Everything was new. You know, who we were going to use for an accountant, who we were going to use for insurance, who we were going to use for a bank. All of that had to be worked out. So it's been a lot of work. But like I said, I wouldn't have it any other way and wouldn't rather be doing anything else. You know, and you didn't ask about it, but I'll tell you about our industrial part, too. We've had a lot of firsts in the industrial park. We've been able to get our first pad ever here in Bedford County in an industrial park. For the first time ever, we were awarded to be part of the Tennessee ECD property evaluation program with Austin Consulting. We're working on our first spec building with the city and county joint economic development agreement. We purchased an additional 33 acres for the park, which takes us to right at 120 acres for the industrial park. 20 of those acres will be used for a brand new Tennessee College of Applied Technology. That $43 million project would not have been possible without the work of Representative Pat Marsh and State Senator Shane Reeves. So it's been, as is always said, that economic development is a team sport. We've had a lot of successes and a lot of things have gone right since we've been here for the past eight months, almost nine. It's been a lot of work, but it's been great.
0: Yeah, well, I know you're ready to start marketing and getting the show on the road. As far as your target industries, you know how much we think of Grace and Vision First. So I know they've given you everything that you need to really know what to go after and be proactive in it. And so I wish you all the success in the world, and I predict you're going to have it. So uh, thank you for being with us today. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we conclude?
1: As you said, come by and uh, join us at Celebration, and then also... If you want to partake in adult beverages, we have a brand new distillery here in Shelbyville, the Nearest Green Distillery. It's home of the Uncle Nearest brand of whiskey, fastest growing whiskey, most awarded whiskey in the nation for the past three years in 2019, 2020, and will be this year as well because they've already won enough awards that no one can catch them. So they'll be the most awarded whiskey in the United States for three years running. They've had 11 consecutive quarters of triple digit growth so we're proud to have them here so while you come to the horse show you can always get yourself an adult beverage enjoy some Mm -hmm. bourbon and then one of the other things that we've been able to recruit since we've been here is what will be known as tennessee downs which is going to be an exotic car campus so what more can you ask for a great drink fast cars and fast horses nice horses the tennessee walking horse
0: (laughs) there you go well and since you put me on that bourbon well, I guess it's not only bourbons in Kentucky. We got to call it whiskey. The Kentucky people will get mad. But since you put me on to it, they have it lots of places because I had not heard of it till you told me about it. But I've ordered it several times now. Various places from St. Louis to New Orleans. And most of the places I go to, they have it.
1: Yes. You know, they're great folks to work with. Keith and Fong Weaver have been a great corporate citizen for Shelbyville and Bedford. They've done a lot of things already for this area other than just their core business. We were able to reach out to them for some other investments in the community that needed to be made here, and they've stepped up to the plate. So yes, Keith and Fawn Weaver have done a great job with the uncle nearest brand of whiskey. You know, we're just probably about 25 minutes away from being in Lynchburg, Tennessee, which is home of Jack Daniels. And The story goes with Uncle Nearest that Nearest Green is credited with teaching Jack Daniels how to perfect the Tennessee whiskey making process using what's known as the Lincoln County process filtering whiskey. So there's a lot of history here, a lot of great things going on and look forward to having some folks come down this way and visit us and look forward to being back on at some point, Chad, with you to talk more about what's going on here in Shelbyville Bedford.
0: All right, Shane, thank you for being with us today.